Hello, welcome to the Toffee TV podcast. Cameron isn't here today, either that or he's morphing to a 40-year-old man. Um, Ped's in today. Why is there someone else here? Um, Cameron's normally here for the podcast. No, but is he, you said he's morphed into a 40-year-old man. Yes, you're I'm, here. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly okay. in my mid-30s. A 39-year-old man. Plus three. Um, so, Ped is in early today. I mean, you don't you don't need to give away the secrets, like you know, of what's going on behind the scenes, like mate, you know, he's got in early and stuff. You can just well, well, well yes, the boss is here, so I'm on, I'm on good behaviour. Don't have to be on good behaviour. This is your show. I'm a guest. This is my show, so and, so, and I'm a guest. So, so just just do anything you, you want. If anything, you should be on good behaviour. I am on good. I'm literally being good behaviour. Good behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, let's speak English, please. I'm dumbing it down for you. Oh, oh, that's that's good of you. Yeah. Anyway, um, we've had some breaking news today. At the time of recording, Aston Villa have announced. Uh, you, you could say a long time target of Everton, um, Leon Bailey. Obviously, okay. I imagine if Baz was sat here, well, Baz isn't sat here, and that is because he's at home crying he's about crying. Leon Bailey. Crying into his be- Leon Bailey pillow. What was your first thoughts about? Obviously, we heard about Bailey joining Villa a few days ago. Yeah. Um, I didn't believe it at first, but why didn't you believe it? Because it's not. It's like, not that I not, didn't believe it. I didn't, I didn't want to believe it. He's not messy. He's just. A, he's a. He's a player that Everton have been linked with for the last couple of years, but he's mainly been linked to them because of Baz. Baz has made me believe that he's like Messi, though. He's not. If he was like Messi, and he will solve all our problems. If he problems. was like Messi, he wouldn't be signing for Aston Villa, would he? Do you th- how do you think he'll do with Aston Villa? I think he'll probably do all right. I think I think I think um, he's that level of player, and that's to be honest, that's the kind of player Everton should have been going after for the last four or five years. Is mm. is is a Bailey kind of player, and it is it is annoying that they've got in, but they're gonna they're selling Jack Grealish, so yeah, it's a. This is the thing that Everton fans, or fans of most teams, I'd say, have got to start coming to terms with. If you want nice things, you're probably going to have to sell nice things in the world of FFP. Leicester have already found this out, and look at look how well they're doing. You find you get you get an asset that plays in a probably in a position where I know this is not strictly too for Jack Eilish, that plays in a position which is maybe not the sexiest in the world, and you sell them for a. Big fat wedge and then reinvest the money. And this is this is football. This is going to be FFP going forward if it stays in its current form. And if we'd sold Dominic Carvalho Lumen or Charlison or, or or Dean, then we could have gone for Bailey. But but we didn't. And our our um, business that we do in terms of what we've done last four years, five years, our recruitment six years is absolutely awful. Yeah. So we are where we are, and he's gone to Villa, and and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Well, that's the thing, mate. I think over the past five years, we've not we've not invested in many assets where you can buy low at a young age and sell high. Obviously, we bought Iwobi at the age of 22, 23, but he's not worked out as a player where you can sell um, high, maybe. And that is strange because he's twenty four. He's an international, and I think I think what him. I think we you've you've sort of strayed off the path there is right. We've bought shite. Right, yeah, let's get true. it right. We haven't bought. You can sit there and say, well, we bought this player and we bought that player and we should have bought this player at this age. We've bought shite. So, therefore, we have a very, very average football team. We have a very, very average squad with a few, yes, a few really good players in it. 
But before you talk to me about like this about Awobi and that, what Awobi isn't isn't a good enough player. He hmm. he wasn't. He was surplus requirements at Arsenal for the very reasons he surplus requirements at Everton. It, well, I know he's not surplus requirements. The point what we did. I look at Villa now. They're looking at someone like Todd Cantwell, right? Whether you like him or not, what he is is that kind of player where you go. He's he's wanted by Norwich. They're in the Premier League, but they know they'll have to sell, and that's where you have to look at it. We bought we bought a player that wouldn't be unnamed on this podcast, and a year after Leicester went and bought Madison from uh, Norwich for yeah. a lot less, and now. Now they've almost outgrown him, but he still might go to Arsenal for a big chunk of wedge, and that's where we've gone completely wrong. Now, some Godfrey was a good was a good indication that maybe we've started to change. But the problem is mm. we don't actually have any money, so to can continually do that. I mean, I was, I was talking to John Blaine yesterday about our most recent mistakes because yeah. he, he was talking about that this has been going on for five, maybe six years. And it still happened up up to recent. And yeah, obviously, yeah. the most recent mistake was Iwobi, which was two seasons ago. Yeah. So I was thinking. Obviously, we made Branthwaite, um, Konku, Godfrey yeah, yeah. signs all in a short period yeah, of time. Yeah. But then we also signed James Rodriguez, which wasn't a brand signing. Mm. Alan and Decore, and yeah, Alan yeah. and Decore both knocking around thirty-ish. Obviously, Decore twenty-eight. Is he mm. Alan thirty? Do you think they were the right signings at yes. the right time? Yes, because they're first team players who. You know what you're going to get out of, and you weren't. You're not. It's not always about who, what the sell-on value of a player. Of course, you need you you buy players, and you hope they do well. And if they do do well, a big official come along and uh, try and snarl them off you. That's just life. That is life. That you know. I think some people are still not used to. Like, why would why would this player want to leave us or that player and go here? Well, we do it all the time. We you know, we we went. You know, Godfrey to pay for example. We went to Norwich, offered them money. Comes to a bigger club. One day, someone might do that to us. That's just that's just that's just natural. That's na- that's just the the circle of life, as was said mm-hmm. in the Lion King. Um, but those players are first team players, and the contacts they are on are, are quite short. Sure. Don't forget, whatever happens with Hamas Rodriguez, technically this is his final season anyway mm-hmm. at Everton. He's got a year option, but that's that's here or there. Mm-hmm. The core is in a similar boat. I think he's got a, another year after this year and an extra year. And I think Alan's in a similar boat. The you know we brought Gray in and he's on a, a similar kind of contract. Mm. I think it's three years plus if we want to give him another. One. They're sensible. We're starting to get our house. We are starting to get our house in order in terms of length of contacts and stuff like that. But the problem is certainly this summer where the the uh, chickens have come home to roost. Mm. We are in a position where we just can't buy players because we can't sell players because no one really wants any of our players. Well, you mentioned um, Hamas Rodriguez. I think, I think as the season ended, we were going into June thinking, well, Keane's going to go this month. I'm talking about June, and he's going to be our our spending money. Mm. That obviously hasn't happened, and it's looking yeah. less likely to happen. Obviously, for a bit of a man, I'll probably say that Rafa Benitez wants him to stay. So do you think it's come down to whether we can get money of Hamas Rodriguez? Obviously, we've mm. got him for a reported fee of nothing. Mm. Uh, he's cost us more wages because of that. But do you think if we can get some money from him that will allow us to go get a, I don't know, a right back? Or do you think without selling anybody, we won't bring anyone else in? If we don't sell anybody, then we'll. I think we'll still do business 
but it'll be it'll be late and ultimately it will be not a panic not panic buy but they'll know they'll have to do something because the manager will will want some will want more players in mm. um but at the moment I still think they're banking on players going out they'll be still banking on Moiskeen to go out and that, there was reports overnight that if Lukaku goes to Chelsea, which I could definitely see happening, mm-hmm. that Inter Milan might be interested in Moise Keane. Now, that would suit us down to the ground, but I don't know whether they would pay what we needed, would would need them to pay. Yeah. Because... That, because Well, the owners have put the money out, haven't they? Obviously, they'll get money for Lukaku. Yeah, they've put... But, and I just, but I don't, I don't imagine they would value Moise Keane at the same as what Paris Saint-Germain value. Yeah. Now, Everton might have to take... Not a hit, but they'd still get more money than they paid for them. But I imagine Everton would have to just take a little bit more. And then if you do add Hamas Rodriguez onto that, if he if he does leave, then maybe that makes up the shortfall in the Moise, what they were expecting from Moise Keane. And then that would allow us to go forward. So if that happens, it happens. If Hamas Rodriguez leaves, it's not because we need the money. It's because... He's a player in the last year of his contract on big wages who the manager doesn't think he's a first-team starter. And if that's the case, then it probably does suit everybody, except the fans who obviously we're, we're, we're emotional in mm-hmm. this. It probably suits the club and the player for the player to move on. It's not what people want to hear. It's not what people want as fans. But if you look at it in a cold, hard light, if we didn't like Hamas Rodriguez... We'd be quite happy with that, and that's that's mm. that's the difference I think in all of these scenarios is that when you're a fan, you have to put it down to whether you like someone or you don't like him. We don't, as a fan base, particularly like Delph, and we want Delph. But if you think we want Delph to leave, but if you think about it, Delph is in a very very similar position to Hamas Rodriguez. The only difference is for fans. We see the good in Hamas Rodriguez. We see the goals and the assists, and we look at it and go, "That we're going to be losing that." But the manager has already, in his head or his plans, compensated for that because he sees a, a system and a way of playing that doesn't fit with Hamas Rodriguez. So it's like that's the two sides of the coin in football. We don't like Delph. We're dead happy to go, mm. but he's only he's in his last year and he's injury prone and he doesn't fit into the plans. Mm. Hamas Rodriguez, we like big star, scores good goals, provides is is a magician. But they're like this, they're like two sides of the same coin, and it's for fans. It, it that's we 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 are, we're obviously emotional about things. Well, you mentioned is is the goals Hamas scores, and I think that's the thing for me. If he leaves, then it's the goal it's the goal contributions obviously behind um, Dominic Cavill and Richarlison. There's not many. Mm-hmm. There's, obviously, there's Hamas there with his yeah, goal yeah. Contrib- contributions. Dean's there with assists, but he's not scoring. Obviously, he yeah, didn't yeah. score at all last season. There's other players that, you know... And then you go into Decore, who's got, what, three goals last season, and then your centre-back. Yeah. So, if you're going to get rid of Hammers, they need to replace the goal contributions. And I but suppose... They've, they've already decided, though, how they're going to replace them, though, haven't they, surely? Because if he does not fit into the plans, then in the manager's head, he doesn't play. And if mm. he doesn't play, then... For, again, for the manager, he's already decided how he's gonna, how he thinks things are gonna work to replace those goals. We just don't see that yet, and people are not. And and that's the that's the difficult part football managers always have, is in their head they don't sit down and explain a plan to the fans. 
you have to watch it unfold on the football pitch and it can be very difficult, especially when disappointment is so um, different from others and and splits the fan base. People are not willing to give them the chance. So it's going to be, it's it's going to all unfold and we'll always, Hamas Rodriguez might be, mightn't be sold. Let's get it right. No one mm. might come in for him and he will get opportunities if he stays, I imagine. But that's, that's, that's the difficulty in being a football manager. You can't always re- relate to people what your plans are. Well, we saw, I think I mentioned before, Fabrizio Romano saying Benitez wants Keane to stay. Mm. It could be speculation, it could be rubbish, it could be the club trying to um, put this thing... But it's a bargain position. Him. Oh, yeah, they, they're trying to get more money out of him, maybe. But if he were to stay, do you think do you think Keane could be, have an integral role in, in, the, uh, in the squad? I don't think he'll have an integral role because I don't think he's got a position in the team where he starts ahead of other people. Mm. He's not a centre-forward. But then the manager might look... I mean, sorry, he is a centre-forward, but he's not going to start centre-forward because mm. of Dominic Carvin-Lewin. But with Richarlison away, still away, obviously still at the Olympics, they're through to the final on Saturday. For the first month of the season, till we get to that international break, mm. I imagine yeah. Richarlison won't be available. So therefore... Keane will be either a backup player or come off the bench. He's got a chance to fight for his place. Mm. Dom's only just come back to training um, this week. So he's got a chance. It's just... And ultimately, the manager might look at it and say, I don't want to sell him, but I understand if I have to, I have to, because of the money it's going to bring in for other positions. So therefore, why he's still a player, I'm going to make it known that I like him and I, I want him to fight for his place. Because... We, what we saw last year at PSG is in and around the box, he can be an asset. We, I don't think we've ever used him like PSG used him last season where he's in the box, you get the ball to him like we got the ball to Dom. He's a bit of a tapping merchant, to be honest. Hmm. That's, that's not a terrible thing. It's just that I think a lot of the time we saw him picking the ball up outside the box and trying to run at people and stuff like that where really he's just more of a tapping merchant. And, yeah. Um, if you think about it, if 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 there wasn't a price on him or we didn't need the money, then I would be like, yes, can't let's give this kid a go. Let's see where, what happens. And that that's again, that's a that's a decision the football club. If he's a good player, they want they want him to stay. But obviously, there's money involved, and mm. and the lad probably does want to go to PSG. So it'll work itself out in the next few weeks, I imagine. He's, he seems professional enough to, uh, if he stays and he's going to give it his all anyway, he's going to be professional about it. Obviously, he's had um, a few games in pre-season there. Uh, he's scored one goal against, not Milinarios, uh, Pumas Unam. Pumas. Um, decent goal. The finish wasn't great, but the most important thing, he's re- reacted, got it to it, got to it first and put, put it in the back of it. So, but ov- overall, obviously we've had two games, two practice games behind closed mm-hmm. doors. Two games at the Florida Cup. What have you made of the preseason thus far? Um, again, like like last year, it's difficult to quite put your finger on where we are because it's um, because everything's a little bit disjointed again. We're still under sort of well, we are. We all know what the world is like. We're still sort of in mm. COVID rules. It's the same for a lot of teams, you know. We're playing Man United on Saturday. Chelsea played Arsenal last week at the Emirates. It's a very strange yeah. pre-season. 
you know, Liverpool are playing sixty minute get two sixty minutes games out in Germany or whatever they did, you know, and it it, it it's a all a bit strange for Dad to put know exactly where we are, but we had a couple of practice games to ease our way in, that's good. Mm. And then we played tougher games because two tougher games in Orlando, the heat, everything that went with it was really tough. I imagine the sessions have been really tough. Double sessions in America. And then this week it was about you know, you get into the business end of it, where you're getting players back, you're starting to work out your shape for the season, got a Premier League opposition on Saturday in Manchester United, which have obviously been a very tough game, because they've brought players in as well, and they want to show them off, and it's about just being ready for that first game, but then it goes past that as well, because I think, I think, and we've always said this, the season really starts the week after the international break in September. Hmm, That's yeah. when it always starts. Now, last you could say that last year where where you know we won seven out of seven in that first bit before the break, and then after that, when we played Liverpool, things started to settle down, squad started to settle down, um, and we found it difficult after that for for a few weeks. Hmm. So that first part is still always up in the air. It's good. That's why it's always you know you like to get off to a good start, but it's not always doesn't always mean that you're gonna have a good season. So um, I think we're all right. We look fit. We look like we're getting a shape together. I think that's the most important thing. The manager knows what he wants and has known this uh, four-two-three-one formation with a little bit of flexibility in the three. Mm, looks yeah. like it's looks like it's what he wants. He's brought the plays in for that, which again, which is really important if you're gonna play certain well way have plays you can play in that way and yeah well you know we'll we'll know we'll know a little bit more once we get to as i said probably september time and we look at the fitness and we look at the shape and everything else but i wouldn't worry about the lack of games because i don't think i don't think it's a major problem it's good to play games and test yourself but they'll be playing games against themselves and mm, in, yeah. in finch farm and stuff so um it's it, it it's looking okay it's looking okay well, the Florida Cup, I think what was interesting for me was seeing the, uh, obviously, a couple of the new signings. I think Gray impressed me. Obviously, we got to see the uh, the shape of the team, and, and, and I liked how we used Gray in, in a number 10, used him wide, used Townsend mm. on the right, used him on the left. Um, I think Gray, when I saw him in number 10, he just looked so energetic and so direct, mm. and um, it was lovely to see. And another, another player who was sort of like a new signing, obviously, he's um, probably played more this pre-season than he's played in his whole Everton career, obviously, Jean-Philippe Gabamin. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you made of his preseason so far? He looks good, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks. He looks. He looks like he can get round the pitch. First of all, which is the most important mm, thing. Yeah, you know, in his comeback, um, he's had a couple of you know he's played a couple of cameo roles in the in the competitive games. I think, you know, I think he you know he scored against Blackburn, um, and I think it's just been important for him to get through and play games. And build, start building up that fitness. And I really hope by the time we get to the first League Cup game, which is normally, what, the last week in August, something like that. It's normally after the second game, I yeah. think. The se- I think it's, yeah. Um, hopefully that's like the first game he starts. Because mm. I don't think he needs to be rushed into the Premier League. I don't think there needs to be this thing of, oh, you, oh he's fit now. No, just let him let him get a couple of times off the bench. Let him feel, get his, feel his way into the Premier League. 
get up to the, get start getting up to the speed of that. Because don't forget, this is a lad who barely kicked the ball in the Premier mm, League, so yeah. he's not. It's not like it's not like you know he's he's this amazing Premier League player. He's still very much untested at the Premier League level. So let's just get him in and give him a chance and let him build in slowly. But I'm just grateful that he's been fit and he is a new signing. Because he is in it because he's played but he's, barely any time. Well, he's exactly what we need for me a, a big mm-hmm. number six and get about the pitch, break up the play, um, allow Allen to maybe get forward and chase the ball a bit more rather than sitting in, allow Decorey to get um, push up a bit more, play, maybe because that's in Decorey. And... I don't see them playing the three of them together. Do you not think? No, no. I think he'll have to find some way to get him all in together. No, that's I think not how football works. That's not how. That's, that goes against everything we've just been speaking about, though, because he's, he he wants to play four two three one. So I don't see the three of them playing unless we're playing in a game where the, tactically we have to. He plays three hold them because the three hold them midfielders, you know, and he doesn't he doesn't want Decore yet. Decore might be able to switch into a more a number ten, more, maybe more of a number eight in a way and push push through but I think he wants flexibility in those three throws three players off the striker he wants movements he wants to be able to swap places I think he wants to play at the moment it looks like he wants to play 4-2-3-1 four, four, and I think Gabamon will have to just have to wait his turn I, I, I just don't see them playing the three because I just think you're breaking up you're breaking up the style you want to play and if he's got a mm. way he wants to play then let, let's just let's just leave that leave the manager up to, to, to sorting that out I suppose it may be too soon to say because obviously you said we've not seen much of him in the Premier League. Got to get up to speed, but yeah. I think to, to pick between those three at the moment is going to be so hard because they've I all got get, certain I, qualities. I don't think it is hard. I don't. Think, I just don't think Abamon starts games of football till till he's till he's proved he's fit enough. I think Allen and Decore are both proven proven players. Decore's a proven Premier League player. There's still a little bit on Allen just because. I don't. I think with the fit, with the injury last season and the fact that he is a little bit, little bit, you know, cumbersome at times and stuff. I still think though the manager, if the manager allows those two to sit in front of the back four and allows Alan to put uh, press like you just said and the core to to be up and down the pitch, I think they're the starting to. And I think it just you just you just let let Gabamon come in. Organically, when he's ready and when he's had a few games and when maybe Alan needs a break, and and don't don't I just don't think there's any need to push Gabamon. I really don't because that's that could be the worst thing in the world. He's he's trying to find his fitness and he's trying to find his feet. So just just let him do that without without any pressure on him. Hmm. Well, Decore and Alan haven't played that many games together, have we? They're, they're, we know they're a good partnership, but how many games did they play last season together? Not many, was it? Because they're always. Had a lot of well, they put it this way: they've played more games together than than either of them have with with uh, Gabamon. Yeah, that's, that's that is true. Um, obviously, we're getting the some of the lads back now from the Cup America and the and the Euros. Obviously, with Charles and South the Olympics, but Mina, Dom, Pickford back. Mm. So, what I want to ask you is: with our um, the current squad we've got now, mm. um, let's ignore ins and outs for now. Yeah, we get on. The first game of the season, Southampton at home. How do you see the manager lining up his first team sheet? Obviously, with Charleston. If it was exactly how it is now, yeah. the players we've got Oof. Pickford, Seamus Coleman, Luca Dean, um, Ben Godfrey, 
Michael Keane, mm. Alan Decore, three in front of him of, um, I think, who was in there, Gray, Townsend, oh, I'm trying to think who that other play would be, Awobi, and Dom. Would it be Awobi on the wing or Gray? No, it'll be Awobi on the left and Townsend on the right. Interesting. That's not my team. Mm. But I think that's how he would start the first game of the season. Yeah. Just just again, just allowing Yeri Mina to come in and get a couple of weeks training and make sure that he's all fit and everything and first couple of games, just go with what you know. Mm. There's it's a long season. Just go with what you know. Go with what is you know, tested, tried and tested. Michael Keane at, at centre back, James Coleman at right back. Just go with what works. And then evolve out of that. First game of the season is just the first game of the season. It is what it says it is. You've got lots of time to to grow and evolve and, and for other players to compete. It doesn't always have to be this thing of like, Ev, this is my best team and that's it. Mm. It's just about finding 11 players. You can do a job on the first game of the season and that's it. But you mentioned Yerry Mina. Um, obviously, two years left on his contract, mm. has he? Do you think... Um, obviously, this is the summer where it's either sign a contract or sell and get the uh, the most money you can mm-hmm. before he's only got a year left. Obviously, do you think Everton will be listening to offers for him? Obviously, he's, he's a player that may not play as many games a season mm-hmm. as a Michael Keane might, or I don't know, maybe even a Holgate or a Godfrey. But do you think they'll be listening to offers as late as they can, before, or do you think they'll sign that contract? Uh, I think they'll be listening for offers. I I, I don't. Again, I think, I think a manager as pragmatic as Rafa Benitez will be looking at the situation with 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 Marcel Brands, thinking his injury record doesn't stack up against the idea of a new contract and the idea of what we'd be after payment in that, that new contract. You know, you've and again, if you take it, it, do you know what? Before last season. His injury record wasn't actually that bad, but last season I think it just he just picked up injuries when and then was out for six six games or whatever every time. And once you start stacking those numbers up, you want to build a defensive unit. You know, you want to have a left back and a right back and two centre backs who who are your first choice. Other things come into it, of course. People pick up injuries and suspensions naturally. But you want to be able to put your hand on your heart and say, that's my back line, and that would be the game, that would be the one I start for this, like the most important game this season or whatever. But if you if you can't really trust one of those players, then that's where problems start to begin. And mm. I think, I think if if there was an offer, then I think we'd look at it. But the problem is, it's you, we're in the last month now, and he's... It's whether you get those players in in time and can get him out in time. That's the problem. With yeah. It. And I think we're not we've not heard anything about a new contract, which is really interesting because normally we just hear like rumblings yeah. of one, but we haven't. So and Coleman signed his as well, hasn't he? So well, he's, that's a, that's an easy one, isn't he? He's not going to be sold anywhere. But with Yeri Mina being being um, at an age where and at a contract, it would you think that you're either going to protect the asset or you're going to let the asset go. So it could be an interesting last few weeks. But what I would say is, if we did sell him, 
I would want another centre back brought in yeah. who would be my number one centre back. Because I still think Ben Godfrey's a little bit raw. Just a little. I need someone next. He needs to him. a level head next to him. We just need he? someone next to him. Yeah, like yeah. like a little with the, that kind of experience, just to like get him through some games and talk. Not talk him through games, but it's always good to have, like you said, an experience around you. Where Michael Keane, Michael Keane should be that player. Michael Keane doesn't feel wouldn't. If I was a centre back next to Michael Keane, I won't be full of confidence myself anyway. But I don't think Michael Keane would fill me. A, I, I think a Michael Keane's confidence. I always talk about it like as an, you want an alpha in your defence. Anyone yeah. who's played. Anyone who's played football, you're at one and alpha in your sent in your line. Who's, mm. who's the organizer who, ta- who talks? Now Michael Keane might be like that, but he might be quite a quieter version. That you just want someone. Look at like look at obviously two of the best teams. Well, three of the best teams in the country. Liverpool brought in um, Van Dijk, and it all snapped into place. City brought in um, Diaz last summer, and mm. it's all snapped into place. Look what he's done for Stones. Well, that's the that's point. It's look who they, well, look what they do for the players next mm. to them. Now, Man United have got Maguire, who is that player, but he needs someone next to him now. To, so they're bringing him for him now. Mm. And that, that's, that's organisation, experience and pace. And and we've got... See, I think if you had someone in centre-back centre who was like that, right? Let's just say, I'm, just say Koulibaly, right? Because yeah. he's like the dream one. Mm. Or he would have been the dream one two years ago. Imagine Koulibaly next to a... Ben Godfrey or a Mason Holgate. Mason Holgate instantly has to step his game mm. up and ha- and would learn from that player. And I think that's uh, I think Ben Godfrey would 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 become a much better player again with that player next to him. But I think people like Mason Holgate or Jared Bramfeit would go up another level with having that mm. person next to him. You know, it's there's like um, when you have centre backs or a lot of positions, you have that like almost like that imaginary rope between them. And I think what happens is when you when you have two players, and this is when I tell you Michael Keane and Mason Holgate last season against Tottenham, when you don't have that imaginary rope, that's what you get. You mm. get situations where the centre backs are falling over each other because they're not vocal enough, or they're not they don't understand each other's game, or or for whatever reasons, because mm. you haven't got that clear leader who's who's defining what the other one should be doing. As well as themselves, and I think that when when Man City lost Vincent Company, he was that person until Diaz come in, and that's what I'm saying. You've just hit the nail on Ed Stones. Just looks like the best English defender now, and England mm. benefit that from the Euros because Stones is a good player, but he always needed always needed that someone next to him, and I mm. think that's that's what we could really benefit. I think Yeri. I think yeah, he is that defender, but he can't play every week, mm. or he can't. He does play, but then he just has these stretches of like five or six games where he doesn't play, and our defense suddenly then goes to pot. Mm. And it's about having that's what I'm saying. It's about bringing that leader, and you could go rely on him all season. So yeah, that's going to be an interesting one again. It'll probably go down to the last week yeah. to, to know what's going on. Well, I can't. I I still hold a limelight for him. Or hold a light. I don't know why I said light. Like, like. <laughs> I still hold a light for a, for like for a Mason Holgate as a centre back. Um, just after that season, a season before last, um, it was Carl's first season, mm. Silver's last. Um, but like like you said, he's, he's been playing with Michael Keane most of the season. Well, I wouldn't. You don't ima- you don't imagine him falling o- falling over Kevin Ratcliffe, do you? No, but but th- th- that's the point though. You've got to have leaders mm. who. What you need is you know any in a in football team this way the best players in the world who they are because Michael Keane 
is worrying about his own game. Right? He's not... He'll be asking the person next to him to do stuff. But he's worrying about his own game. And while he's worrying about his own game, he's not worrying about the fella next to him. So that's where mistakes, mistakes start creeping in. When you've got a player in defence who the other one knows you can rely on, it just it creates a harmony. And I think Mason Holgate playing someone next to someone like Michael Keane, it's it's a recipe for disaster. And when you've got, even when Ben Godfrey and Mason Holgate, they're young. I know Mason Holgate's a little bit older. They're both young and they could... They could make mistakes, you know, by accident. Because there's just that little bit. It's experience. You can't mm. buy experience. This is the thing. The really, really best players in the world do things at a very young age that you'd expect senior pros to do. That's that's it's just something within them. They read the game. They understand the game. If you haven't got that, you need someone next to you who's just going to go, like, come in here, come here, do this. He's your man. Mm. Don't forget that, talking to them and stuff like that. And I think Yerry Mean actually is a defender. I think he's got a lot of that because he's, he's not that old. It's the, it's the instinct, isn't it, as a defender? It's, it's, the, it, it's the vision. Well, it's, I, you know, for Yerry Mean, I call it being like a ball magnet. I think Harry Maguire's a ball magnet. Mm. Um, I know he can, be, he can make mistakes and he can be turned for pace and stuff, and that's why they're bringing Varane in. But he's a ball magnet. He knows where to be. The best defensive players know where to be without... Mm. You know, there was, I think it was a... Uh, they, they see the danger, don't they? They see the danger before it happens. Paolo mm. Maldini once said, you know, once you make a slide tackle, you've already lost. Mm. You know, something like that. You're out of the game. You're, no, well, not even that. It's like, once you, you, you're not, you, you know... You should have got it. You shouldn't. It shouldn't have got to that stage, mm. and that's what the best defenders do. And um, I, I would love us to get a centre back. I don't even know who the centre back is, but I would love us to get a centre back who just had that nous. Because I still think we've got a collection of centre backs who are desperate for a leader, like mm. desperate for someone like Jags in his prime, or or you know whoever. When we had Dave Watson, the different yeah. kind of era, but captain, you know, you got when we had Lescott, Lescott and Jags. Lescott was a was was mm-hmm. like that, but Jags was like that. That's why they were so good together. That's why Man City. What Man City actually made mistake when they bought Lescott is they should have brought Jags as well. But it was a they just complemented each other because Jags uh, Jags was a captain. He was a leader um, in terms of defensive leader. Jolene Lescott had the pace and he could score mm. goals and Lescott did have company went to the city and no 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 yeah well I mean yeah area. of course of course um, but it, it, it yeah it's, it's we just we've got good good defenders we just haven't got a I don't think we've got a a brilliant partnership back there and that mm. will always lead to the odd mistake and I think that's where if Yeri Mina never got injured he'd be my number one no issues mm. whatsoever I think he's a great defender he's a ball magnet. But those defensive, uh, those um, injury issues crept in a little bit more last year. But you mentioned Kula Bali, and he, he would be the dream, but I don't think we've got the facilities. I don't for think that, we have man. got the facilities for that, but also his age is obviously yeah. against them now. And the, the money they'd want for him is it's he, another play, we're looking to replace in two years. He's the kind of player, though, that would like, if you were, if you were, like, if you were a team going for the title and you needed to like go and go and get somebody to to make your team mm. like almost perfect, he'd be that perfect age mm. now. But for us, I just think it wouldn't make any difference. I mean, you're right; we haven't got the money to go and get them anyway. Mm. I think we've got the money to get many of no. plays at the moment. To be fair, um, just to finish off, Man United this Saturday. 
Yeah. 12.45 kick-off. Ooh. Are you looking forward to it, Old Trafford? Well, I'm going for a start. Are you? So, yeah, I'm gluttoning for punishment. I bought I bought a ticket yesterday, uh, so I'm going on my own on Saturday. Well done, me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, listen, it's a game of footy. See what, what, how we, how we, how we line up. See what the manager. Um, it'd be just to be honest. I'm just going to be dead interested to see our fans being mm-hmm. back at a footy match and the reaction to Rafa Benitez in a in a in a in somewhere where I suppose is it's not good at some park for the first Premier League game. So if there's any kind of frustrations or anything about maybe. Uh, Hamas Rodriguez or anything like that you know to be in the company of Man United fans it will feel it might feel like do you know what I mean I hope it isn't because I, yeah. I, I, I just wanted to just be like well he's our manager let's just get on with it um, I don't expect like standing ovations for him mean, but I think it'd just be the best thing in the world would just be if Everton fans could just go see that team on the pitch let's just focus on them mm. forget who's in the dugout if you don't like him just get on with it but, but it's an interesting game because obviously it's another Premier League team, but it is what it is. And mm. Whatever happens, happens. It'll be a good run out. I imagine it'll be probably 75 to 80% of what the Premier, Premier League mm. game would be. Um, they've got the likes of Sancho. It'll be interesting to see if he's... And it'll just be interesting to see both teams. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's the both thing. It's a chance for both teams to have a look at the new players, try and, get, try and bed them in. They've got a Premier League game that's not got points on it to try and do that, which is I bit, think I think is perfect. Bit different though, isn't it? You know, looking forward to seeing Damari Gray when uh, they brought in like Sancho, Sancho and, uh, and Varane. And Varane, yeah. So, um, but that's 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 just where we are at the moment, isn't it? They're the levels where we are at the moment, and and you have to cut your cloth, and we have done. And yeah, if we could go and put a decent performance in, you know, when I say decent performance, I mean a a performance that shows that. There's a there's a style of play and we're moving forward. Mm. Because what one thing I would say, like last season, a lot of people said we're like we're looking at the situation with Carlo Ancelotti and saying Well, it's great that we won all these games away from home, but and it you know, it's terrible that we haven't won any old games. Yeah. But at the same time, where's the style of play? Mm. What are we evo- what are we we haven't we haven't gone anywhere, we haven't done anything, we haven't created something that's moving forward that you know there's going to be improvement so if straight away from day one the Rafa Benitez knows what he wants and doesn't just change the the system to because we're not playing well or or whatever then that's a good start that means you've got an identity and all fans really want is an identity I know people want an identity off the pitch which is mm-hmm. I, I understand that massive it's massive because your football club is your identity. But you need an identity on the pitch. You need to know what your style of play is and also how the players are growing into it week in, week in and week out. Because that makes it easier for the players. If the players are playing one system one week and then you're like, oh, next week we're playing so-and-so, so we're going to revert to playing three holding midfielders and blah, blah, blah. I don't think that... You want a system that works both ways, defensively mm. and attacking, and you don't change it for anybody... And unless you've got, you haven't got the players for whatever reason, you've just got to, you've got to create a way of playing, and and that's, I hope that's what we start seeing on Saturday. I think with Carlo, it's more of a more of a just player than a style of play. But yeah, yeah, we'll see on Saturday how it how it pans out. I no. think so far we've seen in pre-season it looks good, but um, 
Yeah. Right, yeah, we'll leave it there. If you want more videos, including live exclusive videos, head over to Patreon. If you want to watch this podcast rather than listen to it... Um, if they weren't watching it just then, they wouldn't have seen your hands go do the movement. Yeah, that's, so. that's, that's true. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you also wouldn't see Ped stroking my leg right well. now. So head over to Patreon for... for, for Patreon exclusive. For exclusive video Stroking. podcast that they call it a vodcast don't they rather than a podcast do they know isn't that what they call podcast with a video is it Who's a vodcast they? i don't know some american guy told me that's what it was once so <laughs> yeah there you okay. go it's some interesting facts there. <laughs> yeah thanks for watching subscribe if you want more all listening um content hit the bell the notification bell on youtube so you, you get a little pop-up when it's uh, i thought this was only on patreon well, no, they can still hear us if, if, if it's YouTube, so... I know, but if it's on Patreon... They won't see me doing this. They won't, do, they, they won't be clicking the bell for alerts either, because they wouldn't get an alert because this video is only on Patreon. Yeah, they get notifications on the app, though, don't they? For a podcast that's only on Patreon? No, because it's on YouTube as well. The audio's on YouTube. Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. So, so make sure you hit that bell you for notifications. You just hadn't clearly said that. I just, I, just, I just don't want the audience confused. I think my mind's confused, to be okay. honest. Right, so yeah, there you go. Make sure you join us next time. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye.